Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Radically Loved Radio. Uh, it is the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, Tessa and I are not recording it on the day. You're listening to this on Friday. And the reason why I say that is because, um, you know, it's going to be a crazy week. And I am, I think it's so, so, uh, great that we have the person on the podcast today that we have because it speaks to family dynamics and being in relationships. And I think that it's something that when it comes to the holidays, regardless of COVID or not, we have the dynamics that we have with our loved ones. And sometimes they're challenging, right? Oh, Tess is here. Hi. Amen, sister. (laughs) (laughs) So hi. Yeah, well, I was just thinking about this holiday season is just so different than Ugh. normal, obviously, because, you know, we're not gathering with most of us are not gathering with as big of groups as we usually do. I'm speaking yep. for myself here. Um, Ditto. So it's different, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's totally different. And honestly, for me, the holidays always give me anxiety mm-hmm. and not because it's a it's just energetically, it's just a frenetic time, isn't it? It just feels like there was a time where I would be really excited about Christmas and Thanksgiving and cooking and making all the food. And obviously this year is, I don't have to make a big grand feast. It's just Tori and I, Um, but still it's, it's just for some reason, like the last couple of years, there's just been this, I don't know, maybe because our family has gotten bigger Mm. And now there's just a little bit more expectation, which, you know, expectation is always premeditated resentment. So, oh, so appropriate for today's conversation. Right. (laughs) So, yeah. So look, you listened to my interview with Tori and I, let me back this up. So Tori is our guest today and Tori and I, at the beginning of quarantine around May, June, we recorded this two hour long podcast and he, you know, it takes a lot for him to get a little warmed up for the podcast because, you know, he's still producing it half the time. Mod Pod is doing it the other half. And Tori's not really a big fan of talking about Talking about anything? (laughs) Like talking about yeah, no, 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 no. I'm joking. No, yeah, talking about his feelings or he's not he's not really into analyzing things. And so I'm and because I'm constantly constantly asking questions even outside of the podcast. So I think it just really he has to go to a special place to really, you know, deal with with my antics, and that's fine. And I finally got him to sit down and we talked about all the ways to survive COVID with your partner and, Hmm. you know, the different things that we've been doing, like giving each other space and all this stuff. And then Zoom, something happened. I think my computer was dying at that point. I I have since got a new computer, but I think that was kind of when it was on its last leg and we lost the whole thing. So I'd asked Tori if he would want to come back on the show so we can just talk about, you know similar things. And he was kind of game for it. You'll hear at the beginning, I'm telling you right now, it's a little bit slow. He he's kind of not, it takes him a minute to warm up, but then when it warms up, we really go there. And I know Tessa, you've also been in a really long-term relationship. 
Yes, I have. So, <laughs> so yeah. So what were your takeaways? What did you think? Um, so the first thing I think of is this dynamic between men and women that I, I seem to bump up against or think about a lot, which is the role of a man in I'm like hesitating saying this right now, but at least in my experience being with my, my spouse, my husband for uh, about 15 years, married 13 as of last week. Oh, happy anniversary. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Um, The different ways that we like process our emotions or show up in our relationship Mm -hmm. in terms of like these preconceived gender roles or the way that we're raised and Jorge was raised in Mexico. So there, the cultural difference there on top of the gender role shows up so different for him and I. Um, and he always prides himself on saying, you know, he's, there's this term in Mexican culture, macho machismo, right. And he always prides himself on saying he's not um, a macho man, which he's very open-minded about a, a lot of things, but I think <laughs> he's, like, a little bit, he's, <laughs> he's a little bit in denial. <laughs> I mean, for some things, I just don't think it's fully conscious for him. Like he, you know what I mean? <laughs> so yes, I do. But to like give you an example, and I was wondering how you and Tori approach this, or if it shows up in your relationship, therapy is so important to me. And it always has been since I was a little kid, I've been in therapy. I don't know what that says about me, but um, I've always relied on it as a tool. And in my romantic relationships, it felt like pulling teeth to get Jorge to go with me. But I always feel like it's so helpful to have that mediator to talk mm-hmm. through those situations. So I'm wondering if you and Tori do that together. It's something he's interested in. Like, what is it like for you? Like talking things out? Like having a therapist going to see. Oh, well, you know, he was always against it. He did not grow up like being open to any Mm -hmm. therapy or any type of anything, really. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Tori's parents are very, uh, you know, like traditional in the sense of like family's always been important. And, you know, they did an incredible job at raising, you know, three stand up people. Um, but, but I don't, I don't know that there was ever any like emotional feelings type of work. And I don't know that they would be upset at me saying that it wasn't like they sat around and talked about their feelings, you know? Um, and I don't know why I say it with that voice. Look, our family, we were very, like, everybody knew everybody's business. If somebody was having an issue, it was talked about at the dinner table. My dad was always very open about us talking about things, but the biggest handicap for us was that we weren't allowed to feel emotions. Mm. You know, it was like, you can talk about it, but you're not allowed to fully feel them. It's like the whole stop crying thing, you know, like somebody be upset. It's like, stop crying. Like do not finish the cycle of that emotion. So I think between Tori and I, at the beginning of our relationship, it was a little bit, you know, like trudging through mud because we didn't have the vernacular to communicate certain things. And he just would opt to not communicate at all. Mm -hmm. And I was overly communicative because I myself grew up, you know, going to therapy as I, as a teenager. And as I got older, I spent a lot of time doing a lot of work. So Tori and I, I have encountered, uh, hmm, 
one experience in our relationship that merited us seeing a therapist. Um, Mm. and it was, it was great. Uh, I think it really served us because up until that point, I think you can't be all things to all people. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I think that especially with the work that we do or the knowledge that you have, and like, you come from a family that is very aware of like psychological processes and things like that. Right. I mean, you say like, Oh, I grew up in there, but it's like, that's part of your, your coming up. Right. I mean, that's part of how you, you grew up. So I think that for us having that outside perspective was really helpful so that we, I did, I say me, I don't want to be like, I'm the one that's always bringing shit up, but most of the time (laughs) it is the, the more feminine energy. And I say that because I remember you were the one that gave me the blue truth, right? Oh yes. Yes. Do you remember that? Yeah. Such a great book. And, um, I think about that a lot in Mm -hmm. the dynamics. Do you want to tell the people listening about the book a little bit? The, yeah, the blue truth is, what category? Spirituality, self-help? Yeah. Yeah, um, I would say that. But kind of like musings about like really deep life situations that we find ourselves in and, and evolving with those situations mm-hmm. and issues as they come up. And so they're like these little passages that talk about, it's almost poetic. Do, do you find it yes. poetic? And probably why I resonate with it because I love poetry. <laughs> um, yes. But so you can... I feel like it's a relatable if you resonate with poetry or metaphor in the way that it helps you like go through an intense situation or understand your feelings or just find solace in somebody else having been through it before. Yeah. Um, does that explain what the, yeah, it's, it's yeah. esoteric, I mean, it's right? Very esoteric, very <laughs> esoteric, like super esoteric. But I say that because I feel like it really, it helped me just find a different way of expressing certain things. Exactly. And, um, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, like the thing that I've found and whether you're in a romantic relationship or not, that if the end goal is the same and if two people had, I'm actually writing about this right now in the book, mm-hmm. it's actually one, it was such a weird thing how this came up as I was writing a chapter on, um, you know, I'm heading to the, the book is broken up into mind, body, and spirit. And as we approach the third part of the book, I can't not talk about being in, in relationship. And as I'm going through this thing, there's this quick transition where one moment I'm in a professional career and the next moment I'm living in Oregon. It's like, well, what happened? And it's like, okay, well, Tori and I decided we wanted to move to Oregon. Okay. But what happened? Well, Actually, it was Tori who decided we wanted to move to Oregon. (laughs) Well, actually, what happened was that Tori and I were having a really hard time in our relationship, and he was in a really bad place that prompted his desire to want to move. But what really was going on was that he wasn't on a spiritual path, and I was, and I was having Mm. a really hard time with it. And so, you know, you just kind of deduce this thing where it's like, wow, it's so, it's so important for our our relationships to have the same foresight, meaning we don't have to have the same goals. We don't have to have the same route. We just have to want to be together. Like, 
the desire just yeah. has to be that we want to be together. Yeah. That's the, goal, the, end. the end goal. Is the yeah. Same. The end goal. If it's not the end goal, then no therapy, no inspirational quote, no esoteric book. There's no, <laughs> nothing that's going to make that better because most of the time we want our partner to change to fit into our puzzle piece. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the biggest lesson that I've learned in my relationship with Tori that has helped uh, inform all the other relationships in my life. I can't form him mm-hmm. to fit me just because I think his life will be so much better if he does what I say. Oh, yes. Right? Oh, gosh, yeah. Because it's hard from, from an outside perspective. I think you and I, we've talked about this before. You yes, can lots. Have <laughs> many a car conversations uh, <laughs> where you could see what's happening with your partner and you could be like, oh, if he sat down and meditated for a little bit or oh, if he just stopped and disconnected from his phone for a second or oh, if he only started cycling, getting back on the bike. If he started to move his body, he wouldn't be so agitated. Or if you continue to eat bags of chips every day and not eat any of the food that is being prepared for you, uh, you're going to feel like shit and you're going to be a jerk. And then it's going to, you know, I say that about myself too, because I'm, you know, I'm no angel and I know I have my, can you guys believe I have, I have flaws. I do. It's crazy. I know, but that's um, just it. It's like the things that you recognize in the other person. You you recognize it because you can empathize with it, right? Like yeah. you've been there in your own body. You know what that's like. You yeah, know what it feels like to take care of yourself, and how that changes how you show up with other people. Your, your precious relationships. Yes, and it's not the other person's job to complete you. Right. Right. So Esther Perel, have you heard of Esther Perel? Uh, have I heard? Yes. <laughs> she also um, follows me on Instagram, which oh is like God. one of my excited follows. She's like her. my um, divine feminine female crush. I just, yes. I love her voice. It's like listening to Warm Honey. Oh, oh, if so good. Warm Honey had a sound, it would be Esther Perel. Yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> um, but I was thinking about, she talks about that a lot, right? That we mm-hmm. put so much pressure on our modern day relationships to have them complete us in every single way. When the, like the construct of marriage used to be almost like a business contract, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and now it has to include romance and it has to, this person has to like fix everything for yes. us. Monogamy has to be till death to us part. And I just love her fresh perspective. Oh, relationships. I totally agree. Um, I recommend uh, any of her books to any of you Mm -hmm. out there listening that are having a hard time in your relationship, because I feel like we oftentimes create a list of what we want our partner to be again, how they can fit into our lives and how they can be better for us. Rarely do we think, how can I be a better partner? How can I show up better for him? How can I show up to inspire them, to make them want to be better? Not for me, but for themselves to be truly selfless. That's why I think being in a relationship is the ultimate spiritual practice that we can, we can do 
Mm. Don't you think? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's such, well, and I feel like we choose our partners to, to teach ourselves about where we need to grow and where we need to um, become more whole. I mean, nobody triggers me more than Jorge and, (sighs) you know, (laughs) and vice versa. I trigger him too. I mean, we of course have grown a lot, just like you and Tori talk about over the years, how we've evolved. And Mm -hmm. the other thing I found really interesting, um, you guys touch on the subject of like traveling and absence, kind of that concept of absence makes the heart grow fonder. And Mm -hmm. I remember uh, like you, I was really young when I got together with Jorge and he would, he would just want to go play soccer two times a week. And that would like tear me up. I would be like devastated that he wanted to spend the evening playing soccer. And I look back on that woman or girl, that little girl really. Yeah. what? Like he, that was healthy. He needed yes. to do that. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that. You know, it's so interesting because I don't know that I said this on the podcast, but I, I really so appreciate Tori always being so supportive with me being gone so mm-hmm. much because I mean, you know how, you know how often I was gone and the fact that he's always been so supportive, I'm sure selfishly, right, too. It's like, oh, I'm, I get to get some work done when she's not around. But I honestly, I don't know that I, I would be as evolved as he would be. I don't, I don't know that I would be okay with my partner leaving for as long mm. as I leave. Mm. I, I have to say, yeah. like, I would have a big issue with that. Right now that you said he would go and play soccer. Anytime, if Tori has to go to Home Depot, I'm like, can I come? Like, can <laughs> right. I come with you? Like, can I come on a car ride? And he's like, um, it's like seven minutes away from here. And I'm like, that's okay. Um, but that's what happens Aww. when you, you know, you grow up with a parent that's an alcoholic, you have abandonment issues. And mm-hmm. that's part of, for me, what happens in that moment. So again, ha- trying to have your partner fill all of those gaps. Exactly. You know, yeah, yeah. that's a big ask. Um, and then being so- still with yourself, you brought that up too, being able to to be with yourself and can you be still with yourself when mm-hmm. your partner is not there is yeah. such a huge lesson. I'm still learning that lesson daily. I mean, I think I probably will forever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's a constant, it's a constant dance. So one of the things that I wanted to, um, <clears throat> Oh, JD's texting me right now. Hey JD, hey, shout, JD. Out, shout out on the, on the pod. I forgot <laughs> to turn my little messenger off. Um, So I wanted to, I read this thing, you know, I have a couple of people that are going to be alone for the holidays this season because of COVID and maybe they can't go back home. And I wanted to share five different uh, ways to survive the holidays when you're alone. Uh, So one of the ways is to be proactive, meaning to, you know, keep yourself busy and not in the busy, like you're working, but just give yourself a couple of tasks to, to stay active, you know, so that you're not just dwelling on, uh, feeling lonely. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's a really good one. Another one is to, um, develop a plan for dealing with potential holiday triggers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's a good one. I'm like, Oh, that's good. Um, reach out to long lost friends or relatives, like people that you haven't talked into or talked to for a long time. The fourth is uh, to donate your time. I know that there's a couple of organizations where 
uh, like a sort of big sister, a big brother club where you can go in. And even though it's virtual, you can still spend time and, you know, talk to, you know, people that don't have anybody or like younger kids that are needing like a big brother, a big sister. Um, Girl Inc is a really great organization in LA and I'll be sure to add that in the show notes. Um, just, just in case people are wanting to do something, um, for somebody else. Um, talking about how you feel is another, either writing about it or it talking to, to a loved one. Um, I feel like when people are alone, a lot of the times it's obviously you're by yourself. How do you express yourself sometimes? I mean, I know when I've been, uh, there's a difference between being alone and feeling lonely, right? Mm, yep, absolutely. Um, and I think it's, I, I mean, you've seen me when I've been alone for a couple of days and the minute that I see you, it's just like, like my mouth. I'm just like, I haven't seen a person in a couple of days. Like I need, I need to talk to somebody. So being able to have that constant expression of your voice, I think is really important. Um, do you have any, do you have the last one Tess? Well, I, I wanted to expound upon even just using your voice in terms of um, stimulating the vagus nerve, like humming, mm-hmm. even just humming, you know, or singing your favorite song in the shower. I actually was listening to the old Melissa Urban episode. Do you remember that one? How she talks about taking oh, a cold yeah. shower and singing mm-hmm. to Ed Sheeran. Yes. The act of um, singing or humming or mantra chanting, if that's something that you do in your practice is so soothing to the nervous system and stimulates the vagus nerve. Um And I mean, you said all of my favorites, like journaling is the most therapeutic thing I do for myself, as well as exercising. I mean, that instantly changes. Oh, for me, like I can't, I can't even function if I don't do some movement. Yeah, I'm just in a, and I've done it. Trust me. I I don't wake up being like, I'm going to go for a run or I'm going to go sweat. (laughs) You know, there was a couple, a couple of days last week where I didn't. And I, man, it just met my mood. I could just feel it. Like it just, it just, I just don't feel right. You know, there's something inside. And I I think there's such an acute awareness to knowing what it feels like to feel good, that when you don't feel good, you know what to do to remedy it. That's the whole practice of all these different, different modalities, right. Is to to know what to do when you're not in the safety of your mat or your cushion. It's like, how can I incorporate self-care or practicing radical love on myself when I'm not uh, in the presence of somebody else? Right. Like what are those things that you do to care for yourself? Like another one is taking a warm bath for me, Mm. but I mean, you have to know yourself and know what works to self-soothe and what works to make that connection and be yeah. able to be with yourself and not be lonely per se, but be alone. Yes. I like that. Okay. That's good. Um, I hope that you guys had an incredible, I'm like, that's good. Let's go on. Cause we can, we can just chat we forever. Chat forever. <laughs> um, thank you guys so much for being here. We hope that you enjoyed a very loving and fulfilling holiday week. Hopefully you all Mm -hmm. had some time off and Tessa, I hope that you guys um, 
have a great, great week as well. Thank you. Likewise. And with that, if you enjoy this episode, please let us know. We're curious what your relationship tips are. It's always fun to inquire and find out from people like what, what their tactics are Mm -hmm. as we are avid forever students. (laughs) So yeah, with that being said, here is Tori Pendergrass, designer extraordinaire and um, incredible producer of the podcast. Give the best gift of this holiday season, Manscaped. The company that offers precision engineered tools for your man's family jewels. Now, some people have asked, what is the key to being in a relationship for 18 years? And I will say that keeping everything trimmed is definitely a plus. Okay, (laughs) so it's not everything, but it definitely helps. Thankfully, Manscaped has the performance package to help keep your man groomed above and below the belt. Manscaped performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Now listen, I like my man to have hair. I don't mind hair. I just want it to stay in its proper place. The Manscaped performance package comes with all the tools to clean up his delicate places. Included in this new package is the Weed Whacker, which I think is Tori's favorite. It's an ear and nose hair trimmer. Look guys, 79% of partners polled admitted that the long nose hair is a major turnoff. Why not use the best tools for the job here? Get 20% off and free shipping with the code radicallyloved at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code radically loved. And now back to our show. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Radically Loved Radio. We are at the Mod Pod studio. And I'm very. There it is. There it is. There it is. Years and years. I have a very special guest on the show today. He is the owner and creator, and uh, he's the owner and creator of just anything, uh, Red Monkey Designs, and he is also my uh, future baby daddy. So welcome, Tori Bendergrass. Hello there. Isn't it so much fun? You know what I wanted to ask you? What does it feel like to not be producing the show anymore? OMG. So good. <laughs> Dusted, you're 300 plus episodes in. Mm, yeah. And that, I, uh, you know, I didn't sign up for that. <sighs> you did not. I did not. But you know what? You played, played, all, you were a good team player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> as, as far as everybody else knows. Um, I wanted to have you on the show today because I, you and I recorded a like hour long plus episode Mm. a couple of months Mm. ago. We were so into it. It was all about how as a couple to survive quarantine, we had all these like really great mindful tips on how to, you know, have a healthy relationship with your partner. Um, it was very prolific. It was so good. And Mm -hmm. I, I'm. I'm, I'm having a hard time letting go of attachment to how good it was. I know we're not going to be able to recreate it. Let it go. Let it go. <sighs> what happened to it? it? It, I don't, the internet, something happened. We're recording it on Zoom and I think. You went to upload it, right? Yeah, and, and it, I, it was my old computer and mm, she ate it up. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, Rosie's like, okay, we got to do that again. And I'm like. 
He, I nope. literally have been begging him, you guys, for, I'm looking at the camera. I'm so excited to be able to see you guys. I can, you can see me. I can't see you. But anyway, um, I've been begging him for months. I'm like, please, can we redo it? And it's just been so hard just scheduling. It's It's been a little bit chaotic. So this was the only way that I can get him to uh, come and redo it. I was like, I need lights. I need microphones. <laughs> I need... Mod Pod. <laughs> he needs the Mod Pod experience. And she if, made it happen. And for those of you that don't know, if you've not listened to uh, a couple of podcasts ago, J.D. Cargill was on and he talked about how he's pivoted his business due to COVID and the whole pandemic. And he created this incredible space for us. Uh, him and Ed are really just an incredible team mod pod podcasting is um has a long wait list right now for people that are wanting to create podcasts um but yeah look we're so grateful we've got ed and jd here as well so it's just like a fun little gathering of of folks that's yeah, rather irritating for me because i produced <laughs> 300 and something episodes and i've never had an episode sound as good as it comes out of this place. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> I'm like, God, why can't you do this, Tor? Well, I don't have a studio. And, you know, don't have the wonderful mics. And <laughs> like inspecting we, all, we've the got all the We've got all the gear. We just don't have the proper space, I think. Yeah. And, you know. Well, and I think, too, it's how I record the podcast, too. Sometimes I'm recording back-to-back, -back oh and it's God. like, it's not extremely real time some of the some of the podcast episodes that you guys are watching or listening to have happened a couple of months ago and just because of the way the schedule is you know it takes tori some time to decide one, one time she I gave literally me a have podcast to... where she had re i'm like what did you record this with and it was the the <laughs> oh little God. white with the and i said we've got like microphones proper gear what are you doing wearing those and she's like i don't know and it was oh it's horrible. Anyway, this is behind the scenes of podcasting. We're mm. not here to talk about that today. Nope. We're here to talk about relationships. Mm -hmm. Actually, I want to talk about two things today with you. You look handsome today, by the way. Thank you. Um, how I, do I, I look? How look, do I look? You look stunning as okay. usual. Wonderful. Um, <laughs> and that is how you survive quarantine. <laughs> So I wanted to, yeah, I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about rituals. I want to talk about, um, we obviously are not going to be able to go through all the relationship stuff we talked about before, but you know, one of the things that I have found uh, helpful for us during this time has been having our dedicated day where we have uh, date night, where we can actually, you know, create a time during the week where we can be as busy as we are, but we're able to create that time, that date, whatever it may be. Maybe it's we just watch a movie in, in, in bed or we hang out by the pool or we can actually like go out somewhere. I think that's been super, um, super helpful for us to just. Um, not yeah, that's that's a tough one to get a hold of because uh, especially during quarantine, we're, we're home. You're you're around your mate. Right. So uh, Rosie's had to <clears throat> teach me, train me to to know that, you know, just because we're in the same room doesn't mean we're hanging out. Oh, my God. Because I'm like, <laughs> I've thing. been looking at your face all day. I'm I'm good. We're good. Like, terrible, I'm you guys. <laughs> no, seriously, this is a thing. You know, Tori can be at home all day long 
and be working on something and all day. And, you know, we can go like this a couple of days and, and I start to feel a little bit neglected. I'm like, what is going on? I mean, are we... I miss my boyfriend. Where is he? What is he doing? And Tori can feel like I've seen you every day, all day. Mm -hmm. What are you talking about? And so I think it's really important to be able to communicate with your mate. Sure. And I, and I think it's important to peel away that time or or recognize when it's uh, okay. The, the work that needed to get done today got done. There's, I mean, I, I I own a business. There's always going to be work to to do, Mm -hmm. but to recognize like, okay, you know what? I, I feel good about today. That was great. Let's actually hang out. And and I think that's an important thing to do during, especially during this quarantine time, because, you know, we're all, we're all having to uh, be home and get along and, you know, make, yeah. it, make it work, right? How has, what's your, has, have you found it helpful to have a routine or a schedule? Like, I know that for me, it's a little bit sporadic. Sometimes it's a little bit different than yours. Yours is pretty much the same like do you think that having that routine has been really helpful and can you tell the listeners and viewers what your routine is like um yeah I mean I I would like to say that it varies a bit but it doesn't I I wake up I get my coffee I turn on her hot water I feed the pig and he the pig is the pit bull chowder chowder uh he eats and then he goes back to bed and snuggles with Rosie for another half hour or so. And so, um, and I write, I, I work on, well, I either respond to emails, do business stuff, or I, I try to write and, uh, depends on what mode I'm in at that present time in my life. Um, but yeah, usually computer email writing, busy stuff lasts till about 11 ish. And then, you know, actually get dressed and go to work. Yeah. That's an important part of thing. You know, I learned this a long time ago. My, my friend Johnny, uh, Johnny Foot, uh, told me to do this one time. He's like, man, you, you, you got to get up and like, you got to wake up and shower and get dressed and go to work. Even if you're at home and you're quarantined, you lay around in sweats all day. You're like, you're not going to be that productive. It's really kind of crazy. And mm, it, I don't know. I can get pretty productive in my PJs. Yeah. Well, depending on what you're doing, I, I will say depending on what you're doing. But if you're actually trying to like, you know, get out there and do something. It does help. I mean, yeah. it really helps. No, to it, does. Put a, it puts on a whole different uh, mindset. Yeah. No, it totally does. I know. I mean, you've seen me sometimes. I'm like, I just feel like I need to shower. And then once I shower, I'm like, oh, I don't feel like it's three o'clock and the day is done and I'm still in my workout clothes mm-hmm. from, from mm-hmm. that morning. Um, you know, one of the things that I've not actually talked about on the podcast um, is that you are in the middle of transitioning your career right now. Yeah, I kind of want to talk to you about that because it's actually something that's very inspiring to me. And um, I think it'd be really inspiring for people that are listening to know, especially a lot of people are out of work right now and trying to pivot and do different things. And, you know, I know that your inspiration journey this year has been a little bit like a roller coaster. But I think overall, the fact that you are transitioning into something else, um, is really is really inspiring. So can you talk to us about it a little bit? Yeah, I mean it's not full blown transitioning yet. Uh, I mean if it works, then it works great. Um, but I'm just I, I I call it utilizing my brain and bringing in other opportunities. So I've been doing what I do. I do high end leather accessories, and uh, 
for 25 years. And there's some days. Uh, so like my whole life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I would have expected the wah, wah, wah. Oh, come it. on. Uh, so the, uh, you know, sometimes I just feel like if I'm, if I'm banging on rivets in the, you know, in the studio, I'm just kind of like feeling like I'm just wasting this brain space after this many years. You know, there's, there's days when I'm good with it and there's days when I'm just like, oh my God. And so, um, I'm, I'm writing, you know, I've been, I've been working on screenplays now for a few years and, um, I'm just feeling really inspired and that, uh, being able to, to use my brain in that other way. And it's, uh, it's really gotten me through COVID. I mean, it, it, I honestly, I lost my, my mojo completely when COVID hit, I thought, oh, I'm going to get God, pressures off. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get all this stuff written and I'm going to finish the one I've been working on and I'm going to this and that and crickets. I mean, my brain went into just complete hibernation, like, just hibernation mode. And, um, but I consumed, I started consuming a lot more books mm-hmm. and, and listening and using the brain in the other way. So, yeah. cause I listen to my books, I consume them that way because I'm in the studio working and then, uh, and so I don't know, I plowed through a ton of books during COVID, which was inspiring in and of itself. Yeah. I think that that's a really key point for me, uh, as well. It's like, if I'm feeling creatively stuck, then sometimes just consuming somebody else's creativity can help inspire something or, mm-hmm. or feel something. Um, albeit I take the risk of sometimes it making me feel bad about myself, right? Like I listen to something, somebody else's podcast or no, I'm just kidding. There's no other podcast better than this one, but, um, <laughs> you know, I might listen to, I might, listen to a book or something and feel like, oh, like there's no way that I'm going to write a book as good as this, or there's, yeah, there's no way that I'm going to make a podcast as good as this, or, you know, so for me, I, I run that risk a lot of the time. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm always just so impressed that for you, it's the opposite. I think that's really a, a great tool to utilize. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really think about it. I mean, I just kind of do it. You know, I, I definitely stay off social media. I mean, anybody who. Oh, my God. Can we talk about that? Because we were sure. just talking about that over uh, on the drive here. Um, you know, we I said this during the episode I recorded with uh, Felicia Tomasco. Uh, I, I And I don't remember if we said it during the interview or not, but she is uh, the founder. She's also an, an incredible yoga teacher and uh was the creator of LA Yoga Magazine. Um, but we sort of go on social media at the risk of our own um, inspiration, you know, risking our own inspiration or even risking our own self-worth because we're always going to be comparing ourselves to what everybody else is doing. And I think one of the things that I really admire about you is is that you know, I know I get on you sometimes cause I'm like, Oh my God, you're never on social media. You need to like promote yourself more, get on social media for your business, et cetera, whatever. And n- none of it to me, it's like the energy that you put into it. It's never really been something that you've been interested in doing or engaging in because I really truly feel that if you did, it probably wouldn't serve you. Right. So it, you don't take that risk. You just don't do it and you do just fine. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so for me, I feel like I need to be present. I need to be out there. I need to be constantly creating content and creating courses and creating 
podcast got like constantly I'm constantly doing things mm-hmm. for my brand for my business and I feel that sometimes and I've talked about this pretty openly when I do go online and see what other people are doing and often leaves me feeling deflated and uninspired and sometimes you've seen what happens right and so I think you know, you're either one type or the other. Maybe you're the type of person that for me, even though I run that risk of getting uninspired, at the end of the day, it does make me feel better to connect with people because I am definitely that extroverted introvert. Mm-hmm. I think you're just an introvert. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> COVID ain't got nothing on me when it comes to like putting putting somebody into, uh, into uh, wanting to just be at home and like, quarantine that's that's yeah it's like when you realize your real life is no different than quarantine yeah but um i mean i i hear what you're saying yeah i i do understand the benefit of of social media and i do think that uh if i were to embrace it more i would maybe be further along i don't know but it just pisses me off i mean honestly i just why i i I don't know what what about it pisses you off i First off, I, I, I'm, I recognize very quickly the, the, the pulls, you know, when they... Pulls, like pulling. The, the things that pull you into oh. the directions. So if you're, whether you're online or, you know, the, the clickbait. Oh, okay. So yeah. I recognize quickly. The minute I go to, I start to... And oh, I'm you're like, being oh. targeted. Yeah. And then I'm like, what am I, I'm wasting my time. And then I turn it off. I'm like, that's it. Like, I just completely lose interest. Um. But I do, you know, appreciate engaging with people for sure. I just, I don't know. It's just maybe, maybe I missed the, uh, the era for it mm, or something like that. Well, I oftentimes feel like I get a little bit jealous of you in that respect because I feel like maybe if I had less time to spend on social media, I would have more things done if I can pull a It is a serious time suck. I mean, for sure, and and uh, I I, just, I don't know how how people do it because people think I mean even computers a lot of times you know it masks itself right yeah they mask themselves in in saving us time and half the time we're troubleshooting something or we're doing this or we're doing that and like before you know it you're like God I wasted an hour trying to get this thing to work this app whatever it is you know and so you're really dating yourself, honey. Well, not necessarily. I mean, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Um, that's all right. That's the Mac and PC conversation. I am a Mac and he is a PC. And she's always having Stop it. problems <laughs> with her computer. And it's never the computer's fault. It's always the internet. Operator error. Life can be stressful even under normal circumstances. 2020 has challenged even the most difficult times of life. You need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes. That's Headspace. Just 30 days of Headspace lowers stress by 32%. And just four sessions can reduce burnout by 14%. Sometimes people ask, why would a meditation teacher need a meditation app? And that's simple. I don't want to always be hearing myself in my head. It's nice to hear the guidance of somebody else guiding you through a journey. And we all deserve to feel happier. And Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash loved 
That's headspace.com slash loved for a free one month trial with access to Headspace full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash loved today. Um, I have a little follow up to that because now I actually, we can talk, start talking about different methods that we've used to help us whenever we're feeling stuck. Um, what, what type of support is most helpful for you when you do feel uninspired? I mean, there was a time in the last couple of months where you were really not interested in writing. You were just kind of feeling not great. Um, how do you think that being in a relationship, for the people out there that are in a relationship um, or even just a friendship relationship, like how do you lean on your partner or friend to support you? I think, I don't know that I, I, I don't look at it like that necessarily looking for somebody to support me. I look at how I can support them in, in the regard of I'll start reaching out to friends that maybe I've not talked to in a minute because we all get wrapped up in life and you forget. And, and, you know, I've got some really good friends out there that I rarely ever talk to. Also in L.A., that's kind of part of the, the equation, right? It's just how we all I operate. I think that's a belief. I don't believe that, but that's maybe. two different But you're really good at keeping in touch with people. I'm, I'm not, but I... To answer your question, what I have found is I would start to reach out to people. Hey, how you doing? How you feeling? How you holding up during all this craziness? You know, like, you doing all right? And, like, just engaging with 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 people. Yeah, and you're of the mentality it, when you feel helpless, help someone. Okay, sure. I, I wouldn't have put it, I didn't yeah, no, put but it that's, so eloquently, but, uh, yeah, no, that's great. But that's, um, yeah, I think that's really, that's really cool for you to be able to think about it in those terms. Most of the time we are, we meaning me. Um, and if you can relate to me as well, uh, it's us. It, it's a little bit more like, help me make me feel better. Like how mm. can you support mm -hmm. me? How can, you know, especially for me in, in a romantic relationship, you know, I definitely rely on you. What is, what do I say all the time when I need something? Can I have a hug? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, you you start looking for the uh, the I don't know what do you call it <laughs> affection. Is it affection comfort 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 yeah I'm I'm definitely a comfort seeker yeah, yeah. comfort food comfort hugs yeah. I can tell when you're when you're needing uh, needing more than you're getting how does and I think this is a really great question just to ask people out there in in couples I mean obviously so Tori and I just mentioned two opposing things that we need he needs to make himself feel useful in the sense of being of service and for me I need physical attention I need to feel like I have security a security blanket so to speak and I think that just has to do with how, you know, I grew up and stuff, you know, like needing that security. So that, that makes sense to me. I'm literally therapizing myself right now. Um, <clears throat> but I think for you, um, I think communication is a big, big thing for you as well. And I think that you and I have, I, I don't like to use the word trained each other because training just sounds so like, yeah. Dehumanizing mm -hmm. oh, in mm -hmm. a way, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to train you to be in a relationship with me. I think it's more about uh, just being present and listening and being 
aware of what the other person needs and and, to, and setting boundaries as well. Like oh where, yeah, where let's talk about boundaries. Where you're willing to you know accept and not accept and put up with and not put up with and you know. Yeah, like what are some of the hardest boundaries you've had to set with your mate? Let's pretend like I'm not me. Mm. Be gentle. Mm. You guys got that crickets? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, He's like, how do I answer this question and still have a nice evening tonight when we go home? You, you're not getting out of it. What was the question again? What are the, what are, what are some of the hardest boundaries you've had to set with your mate? And how did they help you in the long run? Or did they not help you? Maybe they hindered you. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That I mean, I don't know that we've, I've set any boundaries. Mm. Well, give me an example. Well, like I can't look at you before you have coffee in the morning. Yeah, sure you can. No, I, I can't look at you before you meditate. That's different. How is that different? Well. No, because I'll, I'll be up before you and I'll already true. have had coffee and you'll wake up and I'll be like, hey, what's up? And you're like. <laughs> And I'm just like, all right. And, and okay, here we go. So here we go here. It's going to get juicy. You guys, I've been waiting for the juice. People are listening to this. They're fucking bored. They want to know what is going on. (laughs) Just, I guess some simple tips would be to just, uh, know and, and respect and realize that it's not always about you. I learned this Rosie and I've been together a long time. I learned this a long time ago. Uh, she likes to meditate in the morning before she does anything. And I would have maybe been up and I'm, I'm amped and I'm like, hey, I got some ideas and I'm, you know, I'm flowing. And she's just like, and, and it, initially maybe there was a little bit of a, maybe a potential rift or, or until we figured out what it was. And then it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and that's where it goes back to communication. Right. She said, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to look at you. I don't want to smell you. I don't want to hear you before I meditate. Damn, he's that's true. And I was like, oh, okay, no problem. I, why would I get offended at that? I'm like, okay, now I know. And, and yeah, but okay, yes. So but, setting those boundaries, right. setting the parameters, and and respecting that, mm-hmm. I guess is what I'm what I'm saying. And to my defense, yes, that was unkind. And it didn't have to get there, but that was my own fault. I could have used my kind words in the beginning, but because I didn't, I wanted to be a people pleaser and I didn't want to upset him or make him think that I was just like a crabby pants in the morning. First thing that I wake up, I'm just like not in a, I'm not in my life yet. (laughs) Like I've not integrated into the day. I really need to sit and like download what's going on and just connect with you know, my highest self, I got to go out into the planet, I got to do my mantra, I got to chant my yogic chants, and and then I can be like, okay, human, human again. But in my mind, I was having such a hard time for, I mean, for years, I would say for years in the beginning, right? Like, before we got to a place where I was actually able to voice that. And to my defense, I was in my early 20s, so that's why I was such a little shithead. And there was there was probably a better way for me to say that than, than how I'm sure it came out. No, but the, my point is, I, why get offended? I didn't, I didn't care. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, for, yes, and, and thank you for being so understanding. And we've, we've not had a hiccup in our relationship since. 
It's been perfect. But, but I think we give me know, the too the, many people. <laughs> the magical ethereal music. Yes. The fairy dust. The fairy dust. Um, Just kidding. But I think that's the thing is is too many people take divorce tone. Take everything you know way too seriously or way too you know personally. Yes. And and you know get offended and then wonder and like oh my god and it's like yeah uh, I really like the four agreements model of. Um, don't take things personally and be impeccable with your word. Um, I think that's something that's really important. Actually, one of the things that um, Tessa and I talked about that I wanted to bring up with you is, as we're talking about our relationship, how important respect is. Because we have friends that have been together and broken up. We've lived through so many marriages and divorces Mm -hmm. and you know, we've been very lucky in our 18 years of unmarried bliss. Unma- oh, oh, believe me, we've tried, though. Oh, what? Tried what? To unmarry? Oh, to try and just to end what? it, to break up, to oh, whatever. Like you've never tried to break up with nah, me. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Um, you w- I don't think we've ever had a break. No. We've never had a break. I've wanted to have a break. During the the seven-year itch thing is definitely a thing for sure. But I think you, our seven-year itch was like- You were like also traveling leaving. a lot too. So That was the next seven. That was at the 14-year well, mark. But, but being gone helps. Being gone has helped us. Sure. Yes. I mean, I'm definitely an independent dude. I mean, I like to have my- time in my space to you know it doesn't yeah. have to be by myself no, and I, just, I, think that's I just actually, like to do my own shit that's it's actually like, really healthy because I think in the beginning of our relationship I was definitely not an independent person I was very much codependent I you know grew up in in a family of uh, a lot of addiction <laughs> and a lot of codependency so I'm very well versed in a codependent relationship and so for me in the beginning that was very hard I think having you be so independent all the time, mm-hmm. you know, and thank God we were able to, you know, get, get through that and figure out a communication that helped me understand, Oh, this just because, so I would equate Tori being independent with, he doesn't want to be with me. Right? right. It wasn't about Tori's independent because that's how he thrives. He loves being in, he's, he loves being independent. He likes to be in his, in his world. Um, I just was like, this person is narcissistic and totally selfish. Which is probably true, but I think it also comes <laughs> it down to- It was true back then. I think it also comes down to trust. I've fixed it. Having, having trusting your, your partner and knowing, you know- Yeah, trusting that they're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. Um, so like, I don't- I don't sweat you. I don't sweat the small stuff. I don't, you know, I'm like, yeah, but that, but that Tori comes because you are a confident man. Okay. If you were an insecure person, it's really difficult to be cool with that. If, if I was insecure, let, if I were to switch roles and you're, you were gone most of the time, Mm. like, like I am was, um, and if I was really insecure in myself, I would have a really hard time with that. That would be extremely torturous for me. Well, then how does one uh, find security within themselves? Well, I mean, that's, that's you know, you start at episode one of this podcast. And <laughs> I mean, you know. And you listen, no, honey, I mean, like, seriously, I know we're, we're joking around, but look, being 
being insecure, it's, you know, it's a hard, it's a hard thing. I mean, I, I've definitely had my experience with feeling insecure, especially in the beginning of our relationship. Like those things are really difficult. I mean, even, even in relationships now, you know, or, or marriages that have had hard times, like it really comes down to how secure are you in the marriage, especially if there's been issues or if somebody's stepped out or if there's been, uh, um, you know, different, um, there's been dishonesty in the relationship. There's been a break of trust. Like those things are really difficult to recover from. They're not impossible to recover from, but I think it's really challenging for certain people in relationships because of how you feel within yourself. Of course, it's going to be easier for you to be in any relationship when you're fully confident and secure in yourself. And you are a really great example of that. You've always been very confident and secure within yourself and and I think that's wonderful. I think it's really great. But I think that there's a large majority of people that we have to work. Re- and I say we because I'm in the not that group. Um, we have to work extra hard at feeling secure and confident within ourselves. If you're not secure, it's that whole adage like you can't love somebody else until you love yourself, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of the times people project their own insecurities into their partner and sure, sure. they project their own um, uh, expectations into their partners. And that's a lot of the times what causes that those that feeling of unfulfillment. So you're then unsatisfied with your partner and all of a sudden two people start growing apart because of it. And then that's how relationships break because now it's like, Oh, we've just grown apart. It's like, no, you've just been so hard in on your expectations that you've not let go of the attachment of what you think your relationship should look like. You've not been, you've not given yourself the opportunity to look within yourself to ask yourself what you really want. And you're not giving your partner the space that they need to thrive in their own security, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, it's very tricksy. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm perfect. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, no, not at all. It's just, no, look, I, I don't I, worry. I don't sweat the small stuff. I mean, you know, I don't, I, it's pointless. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, I've always said this. I've always, what is it like to be with somebody who sweats all the small stuff? Mm, (laughs) You don't sweat all the small stuff. You're really thinking like, what do I say? And this is JD, save him. I'm trying to think what, what the small stuff would be, you know, but like, it's not like you're sitting here, you know, I don't know. I don't have anything to hide. So it's not, you know, like. God, it just makes it so much. It makes it so much harder to be in conflict with somebody who's so honest. (laughs) No, but you know what I mean? It's not like you can take my phone. Like It is. It is. It really is. There's, I don't know. You know, here's the hard thing, you guys. And just full transparency, full, complete, just putting it out on the line. Like I grew up with relationships being, uh, riddled with lies and dishonesty like that those were that's the foundations of all the relationships that I grew up with like there was always cheating people were lying it was like oh let's go hang out with this I remember getting my uncle in trouble because his girlfriend called and he's like don't tell her that I went to the movies with this other girl and I answered and I'm like oh he's out with 
what's her name? And it was like her. And I was like, oh no, he's with the other girlfriend, you know, like, so, so to me, to me, relationships have always had this, this tint of difficulty mm-hmm. and, uh, work. Mm-hmm. Not to say that relationships aren't. I mean, relationships are work, but they don't have to be that kind of work. And I think for us, what was really helpful was, yeah, like, I don't want to say what was helpful is that I got a lot of help and I became a yogi and, you know, I I did a lot of self-work. But I think it was really difficult for me in the beginning of our relationship to be with somebody who was just that that honest all the time I didn't understand that I didn't reconcile that I'm like oh there's probably something else like you probably really don't feel that way like there's Mm -hmm. an ulterior Mm -hmm. motive to why you're saying what you're saying and I'm sure you're not really that into me you know that kind of thing which again it's like our baggage or whatever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. comes with you in each relationship and that's why a lot of the times men and women repeat the same cycles or you can't break out of a cycle and it's always that nothing fight, right? Or the nothing conversation that we talk about all the time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah, we'll start to go down that path, every, you know. Look, Occasionally there I will be that thing. I wish you could see his look because he, he, here's what that look says. This is what happens after 18 years. That look says, yeah, she wants to fight and I just engage sometimes. Yeah, that's what he's saying. That's what that look says. But continue, go ahead. Well, and I'll ask. I'll be like, are you... Are you looking to fight right now? I'm confused because I don't know where this conversation's going. Are, are you wanting to fight? And she might be like, yes. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, then in that case, and, you know, I'll give it right back to her. And then she'll right. be like, well, you're well, being here- a dick or something. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm giving back what I've been getting. So stop being a dick to me. <laughs> I won't be a dick back. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it. Truth. Um, I think at the beginning, the biggest issues we had was uh, I wanted to get married and you did not believe in marriage and you were like, I'm never getting married. In the beginning, when I'm 20 years old, it's like, fine, I don't want to get married anyway, I'm 20. Um, But then after a couple of years, years, and I was like, okay, he needs to either shit or get off the pot. This is like ridiculous. Um, And so it was a big source of contention for us. That was a, a, a... a big one, big issue for us. And fortunately for yourself, you acquiesced. We got engaged. We're like a 10 year engagement. Now we just need to get married, but now I don't feel like getting married. Separate podcast, next story, (laughs) part two, tune in, (laughs) tune in for the next episode. Um, And then I think that the next one was, uh, yeah, whether or not we were going to have kids, you know? And, And I remember that was a big big source of contention for us as well uh, that we've obviously been navigating. I've been navigating it for us pretty publicly without you. But, um, but yeah, I think that aside from those two things, you know, for the most part, we've, we've gone, we've gone, you know, through the ups and the downs, pretty, pretty unscathed. I think we're still here for now, for now. I mean, she always says I'll. <laughs> what? <laughs> that when she finds her real husband, that I, I can be her boyfriend. <laughs> She's like, I'll buy you a. Ha-. Yeah, I wasn't going to say side piece, but she'll be like, you, you can be my side piece. I'm like, all right. Well, as long as you pay my bills, I guess I'm all right. Oh, with that. my goodness. Yeah. You know, I just I just don't know. I I 
honestly, you know, I work with a lot of people that are single and looking and, you know, people that have gone through a recent divorce. I work with people that um, are struggling in relationships right now. And I think that if I could give one solid piece of advice across the board is to just really give yourself the time and space to be with yourself. Yeah, and and if I could give a piece of advice, don't don't go looking. Don't be desperate, because desperate reads and makes you do dumb shit. And, and I know, but that's really I I agree with you in in a sense, but it's also really hard because like I come from a world where you have to be proactively positive and putting yourself out there. And if you want to, don't put yourself out there. But you weren't looking when we when we ended up going on our first date. Hell I wasn't yeah, looking. I was. Nah, I was looking straight at you, and I'm like, I'm gonna wife this. You were not man. looking for anything further <laughs> than the first date. Honey, I was literally 20 years I know, old. I, I know. was not trying to get wifed. Exactly. And okay. so you weren't, my point is you weren't looking. I wasn't looking. And look at us now. Um, I know, but this doesn't work all the time, you know, for people, you know, like I basically want you to give me advice of what I'm going to need for my next relationship. Okay. You, you got to put yourself, you can put yourself out there. Don't just, don't be desperate. I guess the, the point is desperation makes you make bad decisions. And so, what is the desperation to me? People who think they don't have, you know, it's like, oh my God, I'm getting older. Or I don't, mm. I'm going to, I'm going to end up alone or I'm going to, you know, like I've just had a run of, you know, bad luck. And it's like, oh, well, you no. get defeated. Sure. And it's like, well, no, out of desperation, you've been making really bad choices. Wow. Which has now led to. To this. To this. Yeah. And it's like. Do you know what's really, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no. done. Um. I think that we can totally correlate that with the desperation and career stuff or advice that you've given me even at times about things that I'm wanting to do or something. It's that desperation piece, I think, really plays again in our own desire to create something or do something or have the patience to withstand the ups and downs of just life in general life mm -hmm. is 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 full of ups and downs and challenges and unless you can be still and unless you can be with yourself you're gonna have a really hard time because nobody's gonna come out of the woodwork to fix your problems like you're gonna need to make some de decisions on your own i like what you're saying about the desperation piece i probably wouldn't use that word i'm trying to think of another word to use because to me the desperation you know it's like i have this trigger with certain words sure. um desperation to me just feels a little bit like like sad like i don't i don't know desperate i just i can we find another word i'm gonna think but but i know what you're saying like there is that i i look at it like gripping right so in yoga there's this this term that we use right when you're holding something your relationship an idea and it's this beautiful lotus flower in the palm of your hand. And you should, I don't want to should on people, but 
you you don't ever want to smash it in your hand and the smashing is the oh you're going to leave me or this relationship or, oh this career if i don't get this call back i'm i'm not ever going to have another opportunity or if this person leaves me i'll never be in a relationship i'll never be in love again or i'll i've i've had two marriages now i'll never get married again you know whatever it is it's the gripping it's the attachment is really what it is we're so attached that that would actually just I think could replace the word desperation. Sure, don't be so attached to needing to find a relationship. Yeah, attachment is premeditated resentment. Mm -hmm. And what happens when we have resentment, we can create all kinds of other issues within ourselves. Well, and, and, and that goes, I mean, we that's one of our issues that we've had to deal with over a long time. You know, you've had pre, uh, not premeditated, but you've had expectations as to what you wanted a oh, certain 100%. date to look like or a certain picnic <laughs> or a certain vacation or whatever. And, and It's a, always a, ruined. It's always ruined because yeah. I never can fulfill the... Uh, the image. The image that she has created in her brain. And I've... It's true. I do my best sometimes or not. I try, but... You know, I've come to accept that, that, and, and I try to tell her, I'm like, well, don't, don't I know, hype but it up now, so much. Yeah, but now it's. Like, be happy in the moment. Are you not happy that we're having a picnic? Does the picnic have to have the wicker basket and the freaking, you know, <laughs> red and white plaid blanket? I mean, or can it just be a couple of sandwiches that we picked up at Whole Foods and we're sitting here at the park? I mean, what's, you know, what's wrong with one and, and no, nothing. I don't think anything is wrong, but I think you're right in our mind. We always create that vision. And that's actually one thing I've learned and I've actually gotten a lot better. You have, you have, and, and like, I, and sure. I, and now I can actually talk it out. You know, we can go watch a movie that I've been waiting a year to watch that had a $200 million budget. How do you fuck that up? You do. I guess. And, you know, I have this expectation in my mind <laughs> of, of what I wanted this whole experience to be. Tori and I went to Montana. We can't have, we can't go and have a movie experience in Los Angeles because the movie theaters are so closed. And I was so excited to watch this film. And I, I mean, Tori knew how bad I wanted to watch it. We created a whole thing. I waited that entire day. I woke up that morning and I was like, oh my God, this movie's going to be amazing. Oh my, I'm going to get peanut M&Ms like I'm doing the whole experience I haven't been to a movie in a long time this is something that Tori and I love to do pretty often we go at least I don't know what we would go I feel like once a week but we go at least maybe twice a month to a movie theater Fair enough. I love the experience and so does he and I was not only was I angry I was sad I was hurt the movie just did not deliver and this is so, I can't believe I'm even talking about this right now. But I was very, it, it was, no, the, the reason why I'm bringing it up is because, uh, because I was, I just had so much expectation. How long I, ago was this? <laughs> literally attached to She's this disappointment. Like <laughs> holding on to this, you guys. Can this you not see that <laughs> it's still happening? Okay. I have to do some work around this. <laughs> I literally do. But, but this is the thing. So it's just, I only brought it up as an example of my, I don't want to say OCD, but like my, 
it's sort of my attachment to certain things. There's just like certain things that I get really attached to. And what I found, especially knowing that about myself, especially in our relationship, we can actually talk it out, you know, and we can be driving back and I can say like, you can, you can obviously see, oh, something's not right. And I could say, oh yeah, that wasn't exactly what I wanted. And then we, we can actually have a conversation about it instead of me just being quiet and not talking and just being like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. And internally I'm like, well, you know, it would have been nice if we would have, you know, driven to this side of the beach or, you know, we missed the sunset or. And it's obviously better to talk it out because then I'm on the other end or whomever is on the other end going, did I do something wrong? Is it my fault? What what did I do? Like how, and yeah, you you can't ever know. And I think one of the biggest, most insidious things that we do in relationships is not say what is bothering us. Exactly. And this is one thing that we've had to to learn over time is the fact that um, we need to trust what we say, right? So trust that, I trust that you'll tell me if something was up or if it was something that I did wrong or something. And, and I'll trust that, you know, and you can trust that, that I'll tell you, so you know if I don't like something or you don't like something or it didn't work, not even just a movie or whatever. It's just whatever it is in life. It's like, look, I'm in a really shitty mood right now. It has nothing to do with you. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I just got some bad news, whatever. Like we'll talk about it later, but just know that that's kind of what's on the plate right now. And, and then, then respect that. And, mm-hmm. and I think we've found that really. Oh yeah, balance. and it and again, don't take it personal. I mean, totally. Now, you know, he could see something's wrong, and I'm like, I'm fine. And he obviously knows something's something's wrong. And the other thing is, like, don't push your partner to tell you. It's like he saw me on my computer. I was fine. I'm off the computer, and I'm in a shitty mood. Um, maybe I got a bad email. Maybe I don't want to talk about it right at breakfast. Maybe I want to wait until after breakfast. But, but the fact that, you know, he might just need me to say like, we're good. It's not you. I'm not upset at you. Um, let's just have breakfast and we'll talk about it later. At least it gives him an opportunity to know, okay, like I didn't do anything wrong. Cause I can be a dummy. I mean, I, I could say I could have inadvertently said something that maybe didn't come out the way it was meant. And not recognized that at all. And and so right. I just want to make sure that that didn't happen. Yeah. For example. But I think, again, it just comes down to communication, you know. Yeah, and Totally. Communication and trust that, that your partner will, will tell you, you know, yeah. what's going on. Are you looking to supercharge your quest to cultivate a deep life? Then I highly recommend Optimize. Optimize founder Brian Johnson has created a way for us to get more wisdom and less time with the intention of getting a little better every day. When he talks about purpose, he talks about how we can't find it outside of ourselves. It's important that we're willing to try new things. And this has been a game changer for me. So what do you get when you become a member of Optimize? You get access to over 600 of Brian Johnson's Philosopher's Notes. These are very detailed summaries of very impactful books, books that will transform your life. You also get access to over 50 one-on-one courses. These are video lectures from experts on how to take major action towards improving your life. 
Masterclass Purpose 101 not only provided me with some deep revelations, it also took me out of my writer's block and reminded me about how important it is to stay on my path and to focus on my own work. The reason why this service works is because all of the content comes out of the mind of Brian Johnson. Brian lives a semi-monastic life that is centered around deep work and thinking and contemplation, and he is driven to helping people live a better life. Try Optimize today. Get a 14-day free trial at optimize.me forward slash loved. That's 14-day free trial at optimize.me forward slash loved. You can also use code DEEP, that's D-E-E-P, if you decide to sign up after your trial to get 10% off. If you want more depth, Optimize will help you get there. And now back to our show. What is what what is the biggest thing that you've learned about yourself um, being in a relationship this long? Mm. Um, first off, it doesn't feel this long. It's it's crazy to me when I uh, even begin to fathom how long we've been in together. It doesn't feel like it at all. Seriously. We're best of friends, and we we besties. besties. We still cut up. We have a good time. We laugh. We cry. We yell at each other. You know. And listen, it's not all roses. I mean, oh my god, no. <laughs> we fight at least once a day. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if we fight, but it's just it's not fight. We just you know we have our little things that happen. And and when they do, we might have to recognize, like she said earlier, the nothing conversation. There may be something where she's, I call it ankle biting. Might not be the nicest thing to say, but I'll be like, why are you ankle biting me right now? You're obviously wanting to fight or what is it? What's going on? And, and she might have something that's just really irritating her. And it's like, okay, well, let's talk about it. Or... Yeah, that's really a nothing conversation. Like, this is really nothing. And she'll be like, you know what? It is. It is something. We need to talk about this. Or, you know what? You're right. It is nothing. And then we move on. And everything's everything's great. You know what I mean? And it's not just you. I mean, I, I might be the same way, too. I may be like, well, hey, what? You know, and I start ankle biting, in all fairness. Mm-hmm. Like when you have to edit my podcast. Oh, my God podcast <laughs> how grateful for jd and edwin right now and ed totally why did i just call you edwin it's not edwin ed rick um yeah no i mean they're they're awesome yeah the podcast is way better oh so for the people at home right now in, um, you know, they're just wanting some tips to stay connected. Um, what are three things that they can do to stay connected with their partner? Oh, with their partner? Um, well, communicate. You know, ha- have your routines. Like, you know, we, we typically have our breakfast together. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the rituals. Yeah. yeah. So part of your rituals, you know, she does her morning meditation. I do my coffee. We we do our things. It doesn't really matter what time we wake up, whether it's five in the morning or eight in the morning. Typically, it's five, you guys. We are early birds. But, you know, breakfast maybe around nine, nine thirty. And we'll that's about when we're both like, OK, and we reconverge and we have breakfast together. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then we um, move on with the rest of our day. 
you know. But so we one is the ritual to create a ritual or uh, yeah. Um, the next part is to respect each other's time and oh, spatial energy. Oh, I'm sorry, energy. I just messed this up. The first thing you said is communication, right? And the second is to create like a ritual. Um, maybe. I mean, I, I guess we did create a ritual or we have one that's just kind of what we you know we follow mm-hmm. um and and that that requires stopping your day so she'll stop her day i'll stop my day and we'll you know we'll reconverge don't put your phone on the table while you're eating no tech you guys she'll do it still and Excuse i'll look me? at her seriously i'll do it too sometimes um but listen you're interviewing me right now. No, this is a <clears throat> co-interview tour. This oh. is a du- double. Well, then duel. I would have been asking more questions. I wasn't aware, but she'll. It's like literally we're about to wrap. do that, and I'll have to be like, uh, "Yo," like, or if I'm doing something, she'll be like, "No phones at the table," and we're like, "Okay," and you know, we we both respect it. Yeah, so. we're pretty good about it actually, for the most part. Yeah, and it helps. You know, there's you got to set those kind of parameters where you're just like, you know what. And, and whether you like it or not or agree with it or not, it doesn't really matter. If it makes your partner happy, fucking do it. I mean, if, unless it's, you know, ridiculous, but it's like, who needs their phone at the table anyway? Just shut up. Put your phone down. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, really, it's just like, okay. Um, and then, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> reconverge later in the evening, right? Um. I don't know, I think I got a little tr- off track, but with scheduling, like, you have your work day, and then, you know, I could work till 10 o'clock at night. Sometimes I have to, and if I have to, I'll be like, hey, I have to put in a late one tonight. I'm really, like, kind of under the gun with the schedule, and she respects that, or yeah, vice I versa. I don't make him feel bad about it, and he yeah. doesn't make me feel bad about having to work late either. Yeah. I mean, I never work late. You know, I'm in bed. We're in bed pretty early. So. No, but, but sometimes I mean, you sometimes you, you do yeah. work a little later than I do, but, yeah, so I... I like that. Those are some nice, those are some nice tips. Okay. Yeah. So we've got communication, create rituals. And the third is set parameters, parameters and reconverge at night for some special bonding time. Special bonding time. (laughs) Literally, I get get in my nook and we, we go to bed every night. Um, We'll talk about the other stuff on part two of our mindful tips for relationships. I actually just wanted us to come here and have this experience at Monopoly together. <laughs> Do you have any questions that you want to ask me about how what an amazing girlfriend I am for you? Um, what's new and exciting in your life that you're excited about during this COVID craziness? Uh, I'm writing a book. That's oh, exciting. Yeah. yeah. How's that going? You know how it's going to her. Some days I'm like crying because I'm excited and some days I'm crying because I'm just don't know what I got myself into. Mm. But you know, it's one of those things. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. you bite off more than you can chew? or are You, you gonna- know, I am really confident in my faith. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm really confident in my ability to no I'm I'm a uh, 100% in the current of the divine and I just always trust that whatever happens is happening because 
um, that's where I need to be in that moment. Um, you know, the whole everything happens for a reason thing. I, I can find that to be a little bit cliche at times, especially growing up in a crazy environment. I don't really believe that everything happens for a reason. Sometimes shitty things happen to nice people. And I don't know that there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I do believe is that I, um, there's no certainty in anything that we do. There's no knowing what's going to happen when this is done, or if this would have happened here, or if this would have been different here, or if a different person would have been elected here, like there's really no, no knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that we know for sure is our potential. Mm. So if we can ground in our own potential, then everything else is just par for the course. You know? Um, don't you have a little healthy competition with Radically Loved? Oh my goodness. Why wives? Women mm. inspiring success and empowerment? Yeah. What wise? Is it again? You said it really quickly. Oh. Wise is women inspiring success and empowerment. Uh, mm. you can check it out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, iHeartRadio. And, and, and what is it? It's a ten part podcast series featuring uh ten inspirational well actually it's only eight inspirational women uh because i did a q a with aviv uh who is our producer and elizabeth gilbert who you know is like my number one hero uh she was on there as well and um yeah it was just my side hustle honey you know that it was my little side project i i wanted a passion project because i just felt like i needed to put more things on my plate this was last year obviously when i came up with the idea And it's now since wrapped. So if you haven't checked it out, we'll put a link in the show notes of this particular podcast episode so you can binge all 10 episodes. And they're really good. Thank you. Yeah, good job. Thank you so much. Thanks for a little shout out. Mm -hmm. I think uh, we're going to wrap because that uh, is probably our time. Okay. And I am just... So excited and so grateful for you as usual because you are like my number one stunner. And um, I think that you are my favorite person on the planet most of the time, except when you're a joy kill and you decide to kill my vibe. Can I just tell you one quick story? I literally just to because everybody listening to this is gonna be like, oh my god, Tony's so great. He is he is great, you guys. He really is. But like, you know, he's he can be a little bit um uh, not connected sometimes. Um not present, not connected. No, I don't know. Like sometimes you just aren't fully there in the moment I think you know and I actually want to get I want to get better about calling you a joy kill because I feel like I say that sometimes and I think Mm. that that's actually a little rude because I wouldn't want somebody to call me a joy kill I think that's mean so I'm sorry I'm gonna try and be better about that I'm pragmatic (sighs) okay what's another word for joy kill that I can come up with maybe you guys can help us um anyway honey no you are amazing i was going to tell the story about when i was like in heaven with the dogs it was chewy and chowder we're in bed and i'm like oh my god this is all i need and you're like i know but i'm gonna have to get to work and you kind of took me out of that moment when i was having the moment you know we're laying in bed nope i wasn't present (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i have no idea what you're talking about right now (laughs) 
<laughs> you are so mean. Um, anyway, so yes, I have one final question. Mm. You know what the question is. This podcast started because you decided that you wanted to help me do something fun and uh, something that was, you know, going to help us create a community and to just share some cool ideas. Um, what do you radically love and who do you radically love? Mm. And it better be me is all I'm saying. Let me have a think on this here. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. I radically love you and I radically love our doggies, Chowder and Chewy. Mm -hmm. And, um, and our adoptee, Rosie. And our adoptee, Rosie. We have another little pity that comes by. Chowder's girlfriend. Chowder's girlfriend. Oh, my God. She's you a white girlfriend. Pity. Oh, he knows. He's like, is she here? Like, yeah. They get along. Those of you that follow me on Instagram, you've seen her. She's the white pit bull. She's so cute. She's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just, you know, I radically love uh, life, man. It's, uh, it's interesting. Gets so like rock star vibes sometimes. It's, it's kind of hot. It's a good, uh, it's a good, a good time to be alive. You know, it's interesting for sure, you know, but, uh, stay off Facebook and all that crap. Cause you know what, that'll, that. that'll just screw up your whole vibe. You know, I made that mistake. I jumped on there when everybody's getting political and when everything started to really, the BLM movement and all that stuff. And I started to like see friends true colors and I just started and I started to like I don't know I got in my own soapbox and I was kind of wanting to and I realized it doesn't do any good people are gonna have their own they got their own shit and you know what the minute I killed it and was like I am not engaging in any of this crap I felt so much better I was just like oh life's pretty good yeah there's all this stuff going on but you know everybody's got their own trips they're dealing with and uh I don't need to be a part of it. I don't know. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being you. I love you. Oh, honey, you are just the cutest. Roll and credits. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this. So please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening. <laughs>